0: Welcome
1: to the WREL Daily Download. I'm Amanda Lamb. In today's deep dive conversation with Allie Ingersoll, we're going to talk about the vulnerability of our power grid after another attack at a substation in the Carolinas. Welcome to the program, Allie. Thanks, Amanda. Happy to be here. So let's... Bring us up to date on this. We had this attack in Moore County where two substations were shot that took out power to more than 45,000 customers. There was another attack in South Carolina, and both of
2: these are still under investigation, correct? Yeah, as of now, both of these are under investigation. Police are looking, and the FBI is actually involved in both of these. Uh, They're looking into who exactly did this. We know that warrants have been served in Moore County, but uh, as of now, no arrests really have been made or anything like that from what we are told. But it was in Moore County days that they didn't have power. Luckily, in South Carolina, that wasn't the situation. So very different situations. But uh, it was something that they were definitely looking into since it did happen just days after the Moore County incident. Right. And that was at a hydro station in
1: Ridgeway, which is about 30 minutes north of Columbia. Obviously, it begs the question, you know, are these two attacks related Or could we have copycats, somebody
2: saying, wow, this worked in one area, maybe I'll try it in another area? It's really unknown at this point. That is something that is part of the investigation, I'm told, that they are trying to see if there is someone who maybe came from North Carolina to South Carolina, did the same thing because it was gunshots once again there in South Carolina. Um, and when I was talking to people from Duke Energy the other day, they said that copycats, uh, that's something that they're also looking into. But as of right now, we don't really know Um I was looking into an interview uh, that the sheriff down there did with someone from a Charlotte station, and the sheriff does not believe that they're related. But again, the FBI is handling that investigation.
1: Yeah. And and before we move on to the data that you did uh, some research on, one of the things I think that we sometimes forget is that there's a human cost here. This isn't just an inconvenience when people lose power, right? I mean, it's it's, it, it could potentially cause uh, serious things for people who have medical issues that are on oxygen, um, you know, that rely on electricity, especially when it's very cold. So so we're talking about something that really does have a human impact.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. As we saw in Moore County, there were businesses that had to shut down for days. Schools were shut down for a while. And that really has a trickle down effect in these counties where uh, there are people living there. These are their lives, their uh, livelihoods as well. And it can... Uh, trickle down to their pockets and their the economy in that area. Gotcha. And also their health, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, we're hyper focusing
1: right now on this issue because of these recent attacks, but unfortunately they're not that unusual. What did you learn about
2: this from the US Department of Energy? So the Department of Energy releases data about all of these attacks. They kind of break it down by the type of event. um, And that can vary from something like this physical attack to sabotage vandalism, which is all under the physical attack uh, sphere. There's also severe weather, those sorts of things. So looking at just physical attacks, there have been 70 so far this year, but just a note on that, the data only goes from January to August. So that is 70 in those first eight months, which is a significant amount of these. And it's actually more than we have seen any other time from the data that I looked. Um, And that's even for the entire year last year. So last year from January to December, the entire year, there were 60 attacks. This year, there have been 70 through the first eight months. So they're obviously increasing. And that really is leaving a lot of energy companies and a lot of federal officials to kind of ask why, like what's going on? And that's not an answer we got, but it it is kind of fascinating that these attacks are going up.
1: Absolutely. And I think you found that the overall um, power outages and, and power disruptions were down. But again, these physical disruptions uh, people vandalizing and doing things to these substations was was pretty high.
2: Yeah. So there was a drop overall in the amount of uh, loss to power in general or disruptions are called uh, physical or called their event disruptions uh so, and disturbances. So there was a drop in those there in 2020. There were 270 uh, in the first eight months because we really want it to be comparable, right? We wanted to look at the first eight months of every year dating back. Uh, So we just sort of filtered out the data to see how they do compare. Uh, So looking at that, there were 270 overall disturbances in 2020, uh, 272 last year, and then this year through the first eight months, 256. But in the meantime, in 2020, 48 physical attacks and up to 70 this year. So they're kind of doing this opposite effect, which is... We're not really sure. Once again, why? Right. And during some of these times, like you've had massive power outages nationwide, like what happened in Texas when they had their entire grid go down. So that accounts for several of these uh, that we're tracking here. And it's just the physical attacks are going up. Gotcha. That's pretty. That's pretty unsettling for sure. Well, we're going to be back after the break with more
1: from Ali Ingersoll on how physical attacks to energy infrastructure are increasing. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. I'm talking with Allie Ingersoll about the data relating to power grid sabotage. Now, I know that you did kind of a deep dive on this, Allie. You guys looked all the way back to 2012 to try to crunch these numbers and figure out what they show. What did that reveal?
2: Yeah, so over the 10-year period, uh, the numbers once again going up. Uh, So back in 2012, there were just 30 of these physical attacks, and again, 70 this year. So they're really increasing over the last decade. Um, And again, we're not really sure why, what's happening here. Um, And just like I was saying earlier, with the year over year, this is eight months, and every other year during that 10-year period, their total year was still less than what we've had in the first eight months of this year. Wow. So that's pretty significant when you're looking just at numbers. And,
1: you know, the good news is they don't all uh, create outages. Obviously, the Moore County situation is dramatic, 45,000 plus people. Um, Talk about that. I mean, the, the one in South Carolina, there were no outages. And Durham, there was one in Durham where there were no outages.
2: Yeah. And we had no idea that there was even one in Durham. It happened on St. Patrick's Day of this year. I was just looking through the data and I filtered out North Carolina to see how many had happened there. And I saw that this physical attack happened in Durham. And I was like, That's interesting. Uh, But zero customers were affected. So we're not really sure what happened. We asked Duke about that. They're trying to figure out what did happen. Um, We did not get any reports of it as journalists. So that's also kind of interesting. Um, But the way we looked at it, there were three different categories we looked at, which is an actual physical attack, which is like what happened in Moore County, where someone goes out and they physically attack that. Sabotage, which can be sort of a sabotage to the system itself. um, Or vandalism, which can be someone breaking into maybe take some materials or something like that and therefore affecting the grid. Um, So we broke that down as that was what is categorized as a physical attack. When you factor in a threat, though, uh, which is a threat of a physical attack, these go up even more. So 70 for actual physical attacks, and then it jumps to 107 for just the first eight months of this year, which is also significantly higher than the last decade as well. In other words, there
1: were threats. There were people saying, we're going to do this. It didn't necessarily happen, but it's something they have to take seriously.
2: Right. And so what what the South Carolina one will be categorized is a threat to the system since nothing actually hit the their hydro s- station down there.
1: Gotcha. And I know a lot of this dates back to, I don't know if you looked at that 2013 case back in California um, where this happened. And So I think federal officials since that time have been saying, you know, this is something we need to really be concerned about. Um, Is there anything that they
2: can do to prevent these attacks? So from what we heard from the former chairman of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, uh, he was – and he's also the CEO of Grid Policy, which really looks at this sort of policy – he was saying that he's upset that nothing has changed in those nine years since then because that was a huge attack that left people in California without a lot of power. There have been other attacks like in Utah uh, and – there's one other state that I'm drawing a blank on right now, but several other states where these similar attacks with guns have uh, taken out power to thousands of people and nothing has really been done. So officials think that there is something that can be done and there should be something done, but there has not. Yeah, they haven't come up with anything specific. And I think you touched on this a little bit before, but
1: there really is an economic impact because when you think about it, as soon as your phone dies and your computer dies – uh, and you can't charge them you're you're not connected at all to your job to your work to whatever business you're in and so there's a huge potentially economic downfall to this.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you think about those kids. And for so long, we talked about kids not having snow days anymore, quote unquote, snow, de- snow days, because they can do this virtual learning. But when your power's out, those kids are missing an entire week of school almost. And so there's a an effect to them as well. And you think of the health. It's early December. What's going to happen to those people? It was cold that week and overnight. And it, I just the video of it was so eerie and just the drone going over it and the entire town being dark. was just so fascinating to watch and really sad thinking about those people. We're glad that a lot of people stepped up to help them out during this time. Absolutely. So hopefully this is going to be a wake-up call because
1: I think it, it should be in terms of you know trying to, f- to figure out how to create a safer substation to prevent this. And then North Carolina, how do we fare overall when it comes to electrical disturbances? I know we have a lot that are storm-related.
2: Yeah, we do have a lot that are storm related. We are ranked eighth uh, for electrical grid system, or grid issues this year. Uh, just looking at the map, California has had 38 uh, issues in the first eight months of this year. Texas, 33. A lot of those also weather related. But we are one of the higher states and it is usually weather related that we do have those incidents. Gotcha.
1: Well, Allie, thank you so much for sharing your reporting and your insight with us. And thank you for listening to the WREL Daily Download and making us part of your morning routine. Another great way to get WREL news is the morning briefing newsletter. It's a daily email that's waiting in your inbox every morning with triangle news, events, and headlines to get you ready for the day. Sign up at WREL.com backslash newsletter.